Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Wiseology. Today we have a very special guest, um, Gio Gutierrez, good friend of mine, um, master bartender. Um, he's a brand ambassador uh, for Havana Club, which is a, a Bacardi-owned uh, rum. He could tell you more about that. I'm not going to venture into waters I have no idea about. Um, he's a foodie. Uh, he also works in the advertising business as well. Um, he has a real job, unlike me. And uh, he's just a great guy. He's one of the first people I met in Miami in the food scene when I went to open my restaurant here. And we are still uh, f- great friends post my restaurant. Gio, welcome. What up? Hey, Can man. we clink? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we definitely clink. Dink. <laughs> He's been kind enough to make uh, a white Negroni for me. That's right. Are you allowed to drink on the show? You're yeah. a boss, so like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, we can, do, we can just do what we want to do. <laughs> so what, please, you're a Miami native. Tell me, Explain what makes Miami so great to you in general, other than you're from here? The weather. Let's start okay. right there. Like, this is a vibe, you know? Yeah, it's great. It's great weather. We're, we're here in the backyard right now. It's, it's mid-January. Chilling. And we're at Geo's Professional Bar as well, so it's a big honor. Geo's Pond right yeah. here. <laughs> it's got a hashtag. Um, so I came down here thinking there was a void in pizza. Um, that's still true today, but this town... A large part of this town is not so big on pizza. That was my critical mistake. Um, what are some of the pizza places that you like? I know you like mine, but what are some of the pizza places that you like? Lucali, for sure. Okay. That's like a matter of spec there. Stanzione, down here in Brickle. Mm-hmm. Franco's uh, the man. Yeah, Franco does a good job there. Yeah. I have to interview him. You do? Yes. Yeah, he's, you got to get him. He's the best, man. Hey, he's a good guy. I like I like his product. Yeah. Do you like Do you like Ash? Oh yeah, it's the same. You know, is it the same? I, yeah. I, and it's tough for me when they make small pies. It's tough. It's tough to like get that same flavor. The dough's the same, but everything kind of the ratios are off. Yeah, it's right? everything gets pushed in, and it's like that, that's just me. Right, everything is so you have all that crust, extra crust, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. All right. So, uh, what's your me, favorite pie? You know, that's a really I can't find a favorite pie here. I know you named like Geno's in New York and yeah. all these places, well, but down here. I, I, here's the thing. There's a place called um, La Pizzetta. I, I, it's, I think it's in the 50s. It's by that, I, you're going to kill me in the Spanish pronunciation, that, that Boy Day. Boy Day. Boy Day? Yeah. It's in that same plaza. Really? On the corner there. Pizza's eh. The dough. It's the best dough. It's the best Neapolitan dough that I've ever had. Really, it's amazing. If you're in a Neapolitan pizza, I mean, I do like Lucali. I prefer it up in New York. Yeah. Versus here, I think it, there's a, there's a you know there's a little slippage here, but yeah. it's an amazing pie. Um, I like the Pie Father. It's up at um, the Wharf in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, that's uh, the 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 breakthrough guys run that. Right, and the guy. Who's running? You know, it's Santo. It's Santo that used to be with me, 
end at Lucali is he run he he did that whole pizza concept. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't I haven't I gotta go visit. It's good. I don't know, you know, listen that they're opening closing because of COVID every two seconds. Yeah. Um I was at the wharf last Friday and it was just slammed with uh beauty. yeah, the one here in Miami and Brickle. Young college UM kids. Yeah, they don't care. They're invincible. Yeah. F the old people. <laughs> oh man. I'm the old people. You're not old. I'm old. I'm there. Uh right behind you. <laughs> So tell me a little about what's going on in the Miami food scene, and then we'll get to the bar scene because that has its own separate issues. Tell me if you see progress, lack of progress, a happy medium, or you could describe it any way you want in terms of what's going on here in COVID terms in the restaurant business. Yeah, I think the state of affairs in Miami right now is – Every day I'm I'm bumping into people from New York that are moving down here for the rest of the year. We started as a, like a month or two or three, and they're they're here for 2021. So definitely, I'll answer that again, just so you can right. So what do you what do you think? What do you think um, as you're down here? Um, you know, you're Mr. Miami as far as I'm concerned. What do you think is going on here in terms of COVID, its impact? Obviously, it's a negative impact, but how the restaurant scene here is dealing with it. I know the bar scene has a different set of obstacles they have to overcome. Um, But in general, the hospitality business, as far as food and beverage goes, what do you see happening? Is there progress, lack of progress? Yeah. Uh, New York is in the house. New York has officially moved down here. Every day, someone I know that just today, a minute ago, someone else, I'm here for 2021. Uh, they're sick of it up there, and Miami's wide open, for lack of better terms. And you see that reflected not only in the people working in the hospitality industry. I mean, I was at um, MIA Market in the old St. Rock, which was Palatin Row after there in the design district. Two young chefs, worked. one worked at Contra, one worked at Danielle, have a pop-up concept there. And then you see the big-name chefs. You have Coat. Popping in, you know, from New York, which I'm stoked about because I love that spot when every time I'm up there uh, with a Korean kind of barbecue steakhouse concept. You have Uchi from Austin popping up here as well. It's it's bumping, man. Miami's, uh, I see it grinding. I know places in South Beach, 800 covers a night. So we're, we're, we're grinding, that's for sure. So do you think, because... It has been my experience here. This is a great place to go to vac- to vacation. Mm-hmm. I came down here. With, the place is awesome, but not as a full-timer. And I, I had some misreads on right. the whole thing. But there wasn't really a, a huge waiting for, like, the greatest food. It was really, if the food was passable, you know, edible, not, not bad, but edible, a great drink menu and great decor, I think, is like a one of the formulas that a lot of these places do. And if they can get the food right, that's an added bonus. Right. They're going to get that business whether the food is great or not. In my observation. Yeah. I mean, I see places that don't have great decor and, and kill it. I mean, you mentioned Boyd Air right now. They're, you know, you walk in there, that's super homegrown. There's no money behind that place. There's nothing elaborate. You know, it's just really good food. 
and people appreciate it, but it's small enough that to, to fill all seats every night. And but it's also a foodie place, right, right? Right. It's a foodie place. So like, if you look look on the beach, like some of these places are doing eight hundred covers. Yeah. I mean, look, there are some national restaurants. I'm not talking about Olive Gardens. Nothing wrong with Olive Garden. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm talking about you know, you look at Mr. Chow down there, or Carboni coming down here too. Yeah. Opening up. I mean, these places, and they're not. They're not cheap. I mean, they're not cheap. And so the regular, my average Miamians, they're not going to these spots. I mean, it's once in a blue moon. But yeah. you think the New York influence is going yeah. to plug these spots? I think it's going to boom it up boom it up for sure. Um, so what is that going to do for the small, the, the, the smaller, you know, quaint spots? That, and, we, and we both can name plenty. I mean, you could probably name a lot more than I can. Um, They'll still get their love. I think, I think it's a different audience. It's the... Uh, Again, it's a birthday party, celebratory, hanging out with friends, groups. Even in COVID times, people are doing that, and they're going to be at all these Grutman spots, you know, par- <laughs> partying like it's 1999 <laughs> or 2019. <laughs> that, that's the craziest thing. So I had these friends come down, which you have friends moving down, and I was one of these New Yorker transplants. When you get down here, I mean, except for the fact that you are in the business – so you you have to be out sometimes, even if you don't want to be. Like my friends blowing the town, there's like no, there's no rest for the weary. They want to go. A hundred miles an hour. Out, out, out. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely exhausting. I don't know how you do it, other than you get paid, but and you do love it. Yeah, I, I host a lot of people, but yeah, it's it's yes, it's it's a lot, definitely. Um. So what's going on in the bar business as, as, as it relates to COVID? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think now it's back to normal. Um, a lot of Miami bartenders ended up moving to Fort Lauderdale because it was more open than down here. But, you know, the whole takeout menu has gotten super toned down. You know, you barely see that anymore because things are just open. So it's honestly, it's like back to normal in a weird way. Uh, what you still see is the six-seat regulation in a lot of places that still respect that. Um, six feet apart, some tables, depending again the the venue. But the bar scene is still bumping and moving. There's um, a lot of sales on, on lower end spirits. Uh, we're expecting the higher end to to get a boom again. Again, the pricier single malt, whatever. Right. Twenty thousand age XO, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, the New Yorkers might offset that for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, it's uh. People want basic drinks. They're not experimenting too much with unknown ingredients. They don't want to take the risk on not liking something they're buying. So that that that, that behavior is there. Are the bars What's the deal with the bars? And when do they close? Are they open like till four a.m. now? Well, I mean, the, the rules and regulations change all the time. But no, mostly still are eleven p.m. midnight most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So the bars still have to close and space has some work around, right? I'm yeah. sure 11 has the same work around. Yeah. They have their, their licenses are grandfathered in or somebody's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's America. It's America. <laughs> Capitalism. <at its> finest. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about some of your favorite places, if that's okay. Um, and this is favorite places to eat. Okay. Not, not favorite. I need your favorite places to eat. Got it. Okay, so since you're Cuban, I need to know where your favorite Cuban food is in Miami and not at your mother's. Yeah, Okay. because that's, that's number access. one. We don't have access. That's number one. 
Even though you, on Instagram, if you, if you message her, she, she's fed a lot of people. She's fed like Michael Schwartz. Also, one day she's like, I'm dropping off beans for Michael Schwartz. I'm like, what? Uh, she's a trip, man. But yeah, she's uh, she, Bertha on, on, the, on the gram. But she she's number one for me. And then um, I love Sandwich here in Little Havana. I love, I love the place. Yeah, man. It's, and they're getting a lot of notoriety, which I'm so happy about because they deserve it. You know, they, they came in hard and strong and, you know, taking our, our, our traditional Cuban sandwich, the Cubano, with really good quality ingredients, uh, making everything in-house except the bread, you know, down to like the mustard. So no one's ever really taken that approach of like, let's take the traditional, you know, like no one's done this with like a sloppy joe, right? Like this traditional American sandwich. Who's, when, when was the last time you had a sloppy joe? Let alone like a, a really good quality ingredient where we could taste everything. Yeah, it's since high school maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I love, I love definitely Finca. I think she's uh, Eileen is, does a killer job doing her little Asian twist to Cuban food. There's nothing traditional there. You're not getting your rice and beans and a protein. Everything has some like a bit of her travel and her experiences in there from whether it's Peruvian or Asian, uh, like bibimbap bowls with like lechong and then you know traditional Asian flavors. You have to listen when you when you drop these. These terms you have to translate. Got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have uh, Michael Beltran over there, Ariette, who's doing great as well, really elevating kind of like fine dining with a little bit of French technique with some Cuban influence. It's not really Cuban food, but you 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 see the you see the hints there in almost every dish. Whether he's doing a flan with like maitake mushrooms, I don't think it's maitake, but other kind of mushrooms. But I think that's kind of like again his his twist on. Uh, everything he does, like a, he'll do like a duck press, traditional French, beautiful presentation, but like sour orange, which is very uh, for Cubans. That's like a seasoning we use a lot in in, in, in proteins and meats to break down all the meat. Uh, it's a great base for like vinegars and sauces. So again, he's using a lot of those subtle ingredients, which which I love to see in because no one's really done like elevated kind of Cuban. Like back in the day, we had you know. You had the, the mango gang, as they call it, you know, the Cindy Hudson doing tropical Caribbean, more island stuff, a lot of Jamaican influence, and then the Michael Schwartz. Um, you had Douglas Douglas Rodriguez, who was a Cuban one doing that kind of stuff here. Um, and that kind of went, uh, he disappeared. He he went up north, opened up a couple concepts. He's now in Tampa. I went, I went to go visit his new place a couple months ago. Uh, and I love seeing that. So, But in Miami, you don't see a lot of that. It's, it's tough because everyone... It's like Italian food, right? Everyone's going to compare it to your grandmother's or someone else in your family if you're going traditional. And then, you know, the price point is there, something else to consider. So people are like, oh, I paid more. I paid this much money when my grandmother makes it better at home. There's always a thing stuck in the head. And you hear that about a lot of cuisine. Huh. I, I think. thought of it that way, but it makes it makes total sense. Let me, um, okay, so someone's coming in from out of town. El Sandwich? Yeah, little, I think Little Havana's. uh one of the most unique things in Miami, places, if you will, the bars, the food. You have a uh, Rey de las Fritas. A frita is a Cuban, like a sloppy joe. It used to be like a, like a burger. You'd see in the streets of Cuba and like hot dog stands. And you don't see that anywhere outside of Miami. And that's, again, one of those things where like people love to eat food. You could do like Little Havana, like kind of like a whole food thing. And, and you get the best of, of our culture in, in, in a few blocks. All right. Well, I mean, I've hit that. I've hit that street. Um, many a times, uh, and I love, I love the uh, the ice cream. 
Oh, Azúcar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a she's a best, Susie. She is unreal. And that rum raisin. Stupid. And I've been in there when they poured the rum in. Uh-huh. They're not shy. No, no, she's a trip. <laughs> when I first met her, I'm like, so what makes this Cuban ice cream? She's like, I'm Cuban and I make it. And then uh, I just cracked up. And then um, I brought a bottle of bourbon together. I brought a, I brought a, bottle, a, I brought a bottle of bourbon uh, to her kitchen and we made some cool ice cream, you know, and we just drank the whole bottle. And she, we, we had such a good time. And she's fun. She's fun. She's a blast. Yeah. And her, uh, her partner, Andy, good people. They're good people, and now they're 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 uh, they're slinging that ice cream in, in Dallas. Right? Yeah, is it Dallas? Yeah, yeah, in Dallas as well. Yeah. So, um, all right, I want to get back to pizza. All right, but this is frozen pizza. Oof. I need to know, you're you know you're you're doomsday prepping, and you got to do frozen pizza. Somebody tip me off. I'm not going to call them out. But Wild Fork frozen pizzas. Wild Fork? Have you heard of them? No. It's like um, sea, they don't have any produce. It's mostly frozen uh, seafood, meat, you name it. And you, they have them down US1. There's a couple of them all around town. And they have frozen pies. They're pre-baked. They're pre-cooked. Right. So you just kind of bake them again and they're, they're solid. Are they big? Are they the perfect size for one for one person? Okay. Not to share. Okay, but uh, not, but you can tell it's handmade. You can tell like there's imperfections in the dough and everything. All right, so now I, I'm gonna have to take it another step further because okay. not everyone has access. All right, as a kid, if there was ever frozen pizza in your household, yeah, I, w- I was a fat boy. I, I loved uh, God pan pizzas, and I want to say. The first that come, the first one that comes to mind is Red Baron. Wow, wow, deep dish, dude. But that's when I was little. I, you know, I, mean, I can do that. I, that, I gotta no, try I that respect. now. I've, I've it's been respect. twenty years I put that in my mouth. You know, <laughs> it's funny. Everyone, I talk to everyone about Elio's because Elio's on its own. But that's new. It's like I, new school. No, but it's not. Elio's is like the old. It was like it's like cafeteria pizza. Yeah, right and. But you can doctor it up. A hundred percent. You can doctor them up. And a lot of people, they, they knock the doctor of the commercial pizza. For sure. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's a trick to a lot of things is just putting your little twist on it, your little, how, how do you elevate it, right? Uh, you gotta, what's, what's yours? What's your move? Well, I, listen, I'll take it Elio's, but I like the Stouffer's French bread. But look. Ooh, Stouffer's French bread. Yeah. Which is, by the way, has gone downhill. Yeah. It's not what it was, but you know what? I still have to burn my mouth. Everyone does it. You know you're supposed to wait. You go in. No one wants to wait. Yeah. And the sauce just rips the roof of your mouth. Yeah, it just destroys your, <laughs> destroys the roof. What roof? Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, some of your favorite bars that you like to hang out in in Miami. And, and, and by the way, we can talk about outside of Miami too if you want. But I'd like to get some of your Miami spots because you're Mr. Miami. And um, I want to hear... Uh, and for the listeners, anyway, a lot of which are New Yorkers that are moving here. Um, what are some of your favorite spots down here? I love, oh man, there's so many. It's like, all right, let's talk. Maybe destination will give me more of a, a better zoom in scope. I love La Petite Maison in Brickell. Okay. 
just elevated French cocktails, uh, the technique, the spirits they use. It's it's always solid. Great hospitality. I mean, all these places do that. Uh, Sweet Liberty is a classic, but they just did a pop called Sweet Beach at the back of the Sherbourne Hotel. And Naren Young, who is a, a known bartender from New York, he ran Dante and a couple of spots is here in Miami as the Sweet Liberty's uh, creative consultant. I think that's his title, but he's he's basically just redid the whole entire Sweet Liberty menu and launched the Sweet Beach pop-up. Beautiful outdoor, back of a hotel, and just nice tropical drinks you want to have by the beach or by the pool. And they're incredible. Uh, really blown away by that menu. The Serenus, I've seen you there. Yeah. I love that place. It's, it, the Champagne me, Bar now, because I don't know, but you know they, they change ownership. Yeah. To me, and I don't mean to cut you off, that bar and the decor is all world. It's not all Miami. No. It's all world. And to me, and I don't go out like you do, at least in the, in the booze space, pound for pound, forget price, that is the best-looking bar in Miami. Hands down. There's nothing even close. And again, it's sophisticated, so you're not going to go in there and, and, and be, you know, slamming shots off the bar and then, you know, crowd diving. No, and 20-plus, you know, drinks are 20, $20 plus, so it's, it's elevated. But it's worth every penny. It's absolutely beautiful. You feel like a million bucks when you're there, which is lovely. And you feel feeling. like you're a little lighter on the way out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole staff is great there. Valentino, he's, he's a legend. Um, man, the, the industry is so big and so good, and there's – that's what I love. It's like, what am I in the mood for? You know, who does great Italian? You know, who does, uh, what's the best dive bar? You know, you get like a shot in a beer. You know, who does great old fashions that has a bunch of different syrups and bitters? They could have, can I be creative? Um, it's, it's, for me, it's like cooking, like, like, like food. It really is. It's so many flavors that um, you really understand and respect the craft, right? So everyone has its thing. Imagine you and your world of pizza, how like, from frozen to fresh to Neapolitan style to like pre-baked to, I mean, it's endless. It's, it's endless. The world of, of cocktails the same way. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So what, what is your favorite dive bar? Oh, man, the Deuce. The Deuce in South Beach, yeah. I love the Deuce. But you know, the problem is they, 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 they're like the only game in town that still allows smoking inside. Yeah. You walk in, it's like walking I hate into it, an yeah. ashtray, man. That's the only, to me. Me too. I'm the same way. Because the place is amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the shop across the street, the post-game show. Yeah. <laughs> My local dive bar here is the Mighty on Coral Way. Yeah? It's a cool spot, yeah. I've never been. Yeah, it's, it's on Coral Way on like 22nd Avenue. That's like my my neighborhood one, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, La, and La Trova on 8th Street. I like La Trova. I love La Trova, yeah. It's, uh, again, they just won a bunch of accolades, like bar team and... Incredible cocktails, hospitality is fantastic there. Uh, there's always live music, which I love. The allow cigar smoking in the front and in the back. Uh, great rum selection, great co great cocktails. That's another place I, I spend a lot of time at. It's a, it's a, it's a that you know it's funny you bring that up when COVID first started. I guess February. I had a friend come down, and I went there for the first time. An Italian guy. Yeah. He had the and he's a cigar smoker. Had the best time. Time of his life. I don't know. I don't know how he felt about the food, he, and he likes. Uh, he likes uh, simple food. He he can eat in any restaurant, and he's got a very sophisticated palate. He thought he was blown away by the place. Yeah, it was good. 
is Michelle Bernstein still doing the? Yeah, she does all the food the, there. Does the food? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's doing the food at the Sweet Beach too. Well, she does it at Sweet Liberty, right? Right. So I imagine they're going to use a lot of that same menu. Different menu. Totally different. Yeah, menu. Yeah, yeah. She's doing like awesome little lobster sliders, like again, kind of like beachy food, killing it. Uh, that's great. shrimp ceviche with like popcorn on top. Just fun, you know, crunchy little texture there. Uh, that's fun. What um. You ever go to, like, how about Las Rosas? Or is that- oh, Las Rosas is, is trouble. That's trouble. <laughs> Next question. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I love it there. I mean, that's a die. I mean, that's, that's a, a die, bro. It's yeah. legit. That's legit. That's, I mean, I've spent some time there. Yeah. There's like teeling whiskey and like a shot or a, PB, a PBR beer. And you never know. It's a grab bag of music when you're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it could be like reggaeton to like rock and roll, heavy metal, death metal. <laughs> Depends what's bartending, you know? Um, <laughs> excuse me. That place is, that place is great. So, what do you think? Let's while we're in that Las Rosas area, at Alapata. Yeah. What do you think's going? I know what the real estate developers say, and there's obviously there's a great barbecue place over there um, from New York. Yeah, hometown, and Leku. Have you been to Leku yet? No. So the Rubel Museum is there now. Right. It's beautiful, gorgeous, stunning museum. It's a especially people out of town should go there and like spend the afternoon there it's a lovely museum and then they have a restaurant called leku l-e-k-u guys from spain yeah yeah Avant- avant-garde spanish food like in- incredible from the not the basque region san sebastian more think about beets a lot of prawns uh it's incredible food incredible like when i want amazing food that's definitely one of my top spots did they did they close during covid or were they, they closed for a bit yeah and they're back. They open right before New Year's. What, what were, um, what were some of the places that you, that were victims of COVID, if any, that you liked? Uh, Ortonique is the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. She was a legend, you know. Um, she's a, an amazing human being. Her, she's one of those industry veterans that people just love, respected. Her food was still. Um, I want to say it's it's fresh and vibrant and screams Miami. That people didn't. I want to say the young Instagram people didn't appreciate it more. You know, it's it's it's. I see it because it's it's tough when when you don't see, especially in this world, right? Like you hear about everything now through like Instagram. At least I do. You know, restaurants aren't advertising or marketing on Google, so it kind of gets lost in the shuffle, right? With these restaurants, the big PR companies and all that behind them, and which I work with them, so I love them to death. It's it's great, but some restaurants don't have budget for that. So, Ortonique, the landlord wouldn't budge, and she had to shut down. She's been on for like twenty something years. Her, her restaurant shutting down made it to like the New York Times as like a casualty because she's she's a legend, man. Well, there are a lot of legends that have gone down. Yeah. I'm upset that you know I I never been, but I'm I'm. I'm sorry that you lost one of your yeah, favorite yeah. places, and I'm sorry for her. Yeah, I, I can I can understand as a as an operator. You know, you don't you would have loved it. So so different. A lot of again, island. Think island. Like you want island flavors, like Jamaican, like spices. And what comes to mind? Very little. And we're in Miami. Yeah, well, it's it's. I I still don't understand the food scene here. Yeah, and there's great food, and it's just. It's all trial and error. For sure. Speaking of her, I'm, I'm like, the flip the flip side of it, she's uh she's gonna start running. Have you heard of La Tropical? 
a Tropical is uh, an old beer in C- from Cuba. Same, similar history to Havana Club. The family lost everything in Cuba to the, the Cuban Revolution, the Castro regime, etc. The great-grandson uh, is opening up a brewery after the family's original beer from Cuba. It's called La Tropical. And it's going to be in Wynwood. And it's a beautiful venue. You already saw it. It opens supposedly end of January. So maybe by the time you hear this, it already opened up. They're going to have a full liquor license, which is really cool. Uh, insane brewery. Beautiful, stunning, state-of-the-art. And a restaurant run by Cindy Hudson. Oh. So hopefully some of her, her favorite hits from Ortonique make it there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, okay. So, are, you, are you hungry yet? Yeah, no, I'm very hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make you a pizza. I've been told that, 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 that he's an aspiring. Well, he is. He's a big. Gio's a big pizza fan, and he's been, you know, he's been talking about making his own pizza now for quite some time. And I've been promised to get a taste of it today, so I'm super excited. My my pizzas are hacks compared to yours, but I love them still. I have my little rock box, man. That thing is the Gosney rock box. Is that's the one I have. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Amazing. It's amazing. You have the dome coming out. Have you seen it? The dome? I already pre-ordered it. Oh, a, big, a bigger one. Yeah, it's double the size, but it's freestanding, you know? It's pretty cool. Because the problem is you can only make one at a time, you know? Or like I want to do a bunch of chicken wings, which I, I throw them in the oven. It's only, you can make, maybe throw like eight in there. That's max. It's, that's like two people. That's a sad, sad two people sharing chicken wings. <laughs> so so I need, okay. I, you know, people can share wings and pies. I know. Right? I'm just impatient. So I'm gonna make you I'm gonna make you a pizza. All right, amazing. All right. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, so let, let me let me ask you let me ask you if you don't mind. What do you think about the food influencer community? Helps, hurts, it's morphed into something else. It's it's I mean it look I've met some amazing people within that industry. Yeah. There are also some people that are just looking to avoid having checks. Right, and, right. And, and eating for free. And I think that that comes down to the individual who's doing the posting, you know. You, I'm sure like you, I, you know, I follow certain people who, who I respect who maybe have a similar palette than mine. Maybe I just like their photography. There's a lot of reasons to follow them. Um, so I don't think there's good or bad. I mean, I mean, it's good or bad to everything, right? So... I think the problems come when when some of them are maybe a little younger. Um, they don't know how to reach out properly through a PR, maybe a PR channel, or they just want free things, or they want to get paid, or they use the word let's let's collaborate. Like it's just, I think it's the it's how they communicate because they probably don't know better. You know, it's, I mean, it's all new, a new world to be honest with you, and. And I think the other exhausting part, and I, I blame brands for this, is when they just like blanket like a market with, you know, with um, just content that's just irrelevant, you know? And it happens to me. Like I'll get brands and be like, hey, Gio, we want you to do this. And you have to make a flour tortilla cut into four shapes. Like you got to fold it four times where it becomes like a panini. I'm just saying that as an, as an example. Sound very organic. But that's an example of what's trending right now. You know, um, I wish Mich- if Mission Flowers Tortillas was behind that, I think it would be genius because you see it everywhere. But that's not me. It's not what I'm into. That's not what I do. So I wouldn't work with a brand like that, you know. But that's just me being authentic. 
Um, does that mean I wouldn't work tomorrow for Papa John's? I love Papa John's. You know, like I would do something. I'd be like, yo, let's let's collaborate on something. You know, if, as long as you appreciate what I do, I want to appreciate what you do. As long as it's organic and it feels natural, yeah. It's not just a money grab, you know. I think I think I think that's the issue. And then again, how, how they communicate with restaurants is another one. You know, I talk. I'm friends with a lot of them, and it's it. You know, a lot of times as the older one, right? We talked about age. I'm like, get get to know who the chef is, right? Like, appreciate their craft, appreciate who they are, talk to them. Like, oh, can I say hi to the chef? Don't just take pictures and walk away. You know what I'm saying? Like, like love the food, like love the people, love the venue, like look around you, like what are the details? What's good and bad? I don't know. I gr I grew up doing this for 15 years almost already, the chat chow thing, and to me it was always from the get go all about the industry and the people, and I I'm still like that. Well, I would say that I've met some wonderful people in Miami that are in the F and B business, food and beverage business including some of the influencers that do take the time to talk to people to understand what it is. It's pretty easy to separate out from those that are just looking for free crap. Yeah, it makes a world of difference. Um, and by the way, when they when you can have an engaging conversation with someone about you know something that you've made from scratch and they get it, I mean, it's... It's night and day when you talk to someone like that as opposed to someone that's just like taking a photo and not eating. Right. They don't care about them, you know, which I don't get, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's just content, right? Yeah, it is what it is. All right, moving on. You had to fly to one region of the world, anywhere in the world. It could be in the United States. It could be here. I'd like it not to be here. So outside of Miami. If you could go for a combination of the food and the drinks, where would you go? Lisbon. Lisbon. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah? Yeah. So much that we stayed an extra day. <laughs> I couldn't hit every bar and restaurant. It was just, I was overwhelmed with fresh flavors. Um, again, cocktails, the service, the hospitality. People were so nice. Everywhere you went, oh, go there. You got to go to Aspen. Go there. Ask for this guy. It was just, it was incredible. It was it was really magical. Down to like desserts, down to the little coffee shop hole in the wall place. It loved everything about it. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Um, and I think I saw some of your posts from your trip there. That That's where I fell in love with Time Out Market. I saw Time Out Market there for the first time. Uh... I kept going back. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Before, you know, there was a food hall over, all over. Uh, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. Yeah, that was the first food hall. What do you think about the food hall scene in Miami? They're all, everyone's open except Time Out. And uh, can't wait for it to be open again. I think, uh, I think they should be open by now. They should be. Again, Miami Beach is busy. All these hotels are legit. Just grinding, man. They're seventy percent capacity, over capacity. So, um, I think food hall is a great way. I think, especially for young chefs, to test concepts that don't have maybe the capital to open an expensive restaurant. 
I think it's a great way for them to get their name out there, test dishes, get the food out. Um, which is funny, the pandemic kind of did that without time, without uh, the food halls, right? Think about how many chefs lost their jobs, started hustling on the side, whether doing dim sums or banh mi's or, or bread rolls and babkas, and they just started, you know, these little pop-ups, and now they're opening brick and mortar. And that was all kind of a blessing in skies from the pandemic. Do you think, I, I, it's funny, I haven't noticed, but, do you think there's been a reset with cap rates, i.e., like rent rates for restaurants? No, they don't care. No, no, Same and that's a problem. Price. Yeah, that's a big. That's a huge problem in New York, and it's going to be a problem here. And well, the landlords will end up paying the price for that down the road. Yeah, but they don't. That's their business. At the same time, that's kind of like that's I, how I they make that, their money. But they, but they also want to be collecting rent as opposed to having vacancy. And there's a lot. You there's a lot. Of, a vacancy all around Miami. I think more so than there has been. Retail. Yeah. Residential retail. Yeah. And when I miss a retail, there's restaurant space. Yeah. Yeah, I see and I still see a lot of development. I was bike riding by downtown, ton of new condos going up, residential. Uh you look at the Coconut Grove, bunch of new restaurants popping up there. So I don't know. I, I still see things moving. Unlike when the bubble popped where like Miami froze and you saw the skyscrapers disappear kind of like in a week, kind of crazy. I still think, still see things now um, improving in that, in that space. Oh, I mean, I see, I see it as well, but I don't think there's still a lot of vacant space. It depends on where you're going. Where you're going, well, pockets, right. Um, yeah, it's like to say to blanket all Miami with that statement is kind of unfair, you know? I apologize. No, 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 no. But no, I'm saying it's like, same <laughs> way saying like New York, you know, it's certain, I'm sure certain places are, are doing better than others and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So, the end of the world has been pre-announced. I want to know the last drink you're going to pour yourself. I also want to know the last meal you're going to have. No judgments. Uh, I love a Negroni. Okay. Or a martini. Definitely, I want to go with a classic. Nothing crazy, just like the best one ever. And then the best slice of buttered toast with salt on top. Come on, really? That's it, man. Yeah. Where's the bread from? Anywhere. Just give me good bread. Good bread. It's got okay, but it's it, we're not talking about like a bimbo product. No, like a no a beautiful like French boulangerie. Oh, okay, okay. You know, a little Thomas Keller. Give me some <laughs> Danielle. Like okay. elevated a, a little bit, of course. You know. I'll take. I just love just Great really bread. good bread. I love dough, just baked butter and salt. I think that's just. I can never get enough of that. All right. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Okay. So, why don't we take a, a quick pause? Here? Yeah, yeah. Because I think we maybe we'll have to review the pizza. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Okay, after a brief pizza cooking session and break, I have just been offered the opportunity, and I took him on it, to eat Gio's version of the Cuban pizza, uh, which I made a similar one called the Jubano. Right. And I will tell you that after eating this pizza, I am thoroughly impressed. <laughs> I mean... 
for pizza made at home. This is one of the reasons why I'm no longer in the pizza business because everyone's geeking out on it and they're doing a really good job. And this did not fall short. Um, that, was, that was an homage to to you. Well, I, I appreciate it, and you've you've upped the game. It was very good, and in fact, maybe what I'll do is, in honor of you, I won't give away your direct recipe, <laughs> but I will give away the simple recipe, simpler version of how to make that pizza. Wow, that was great. Thank you, Gio. My pleasure. Okay. I have a Miami question for you to, to end this interview. Uh, the answer is 44. <laughs> if not Miami, where would you live? And I and I realize that could be a distant second. No, New York. New York. Yeah. Really, after all that's after all that's going <coughs> excuse me, after all that's going on. Because I, I can tell you look, pre COVID, I totally get that. Right. I, I get that. But the politics and the I mean the politics, the the messing with the entrepreneurs in the city as fallout from the politics, the exodus of artists, business people, social workers, all walks of life. They're leaving in droves. That's where you want to go. Maybe I'm grasping on grasping on to the 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 New York that I still remember. <laughs> okay. That was lovely, you know. It's amazing. It's Pre-COVID. Yeah, amazing. And, and it's got to get back to that, you know. Okay. Well, it's, that's an entirely different podcast, yeah. but I, I can tell you that it's going to take over it's going to take over 10 years really? to even remotely start wow. a comeback. And and I and again, we can talk about this at length outside of this. You take a look at a state like Texas that was very energy dependent. And in the 70s, we had the energy crisis. You don't remember that, but I do. Um, and they were really dependent on oil and to, to some degree natural gas. As we know, fast forward to 2021, the world is very less dependent on fossil fuels. Still dependent, but they were... Texas was out of business, man. Out of business. And it took years of adapting, changing the politics there, you know, being open to different ideas. And they've made a lot of I mean, look who's migrating there. Huge difference. New York. They haven't they're still living in they're living in denial. Yeah. And it's great to hear that you want to go there, but you're like a salmon swimming upstream, my my friend. I know, I know. I, I just I, I want I want all that unique thing that New York had that it's only New York, and I want to believe my heart it'll survive, even though it's gonna be a challenge. You know, like to me, to me, theater. I love theater, even movie theaters. I'm, I'm not talking about New York theater. That too, of course. But like, we might not have not have movie theaters. They might have like, like your kid might not have gone on a first date at a movie theater like we did, right? It'll be a movie theater is a once a year thing at some small little duplex cinema paying $60 a ticket to watch two movies that they show. That's it for the experience of going to the theater. Not, uh, it'll be a luxury, not our everyday, 
let's go watch a movie on a Wednesday night without planning. You know, it was affordable for everyone. Yeah, and that's I love the, I love the movies and I have great great TV and surround. It's something about being in an audience, laughing together, crying together, uh, not being on your phone. You know, like being immersive. Um. Well, you're right. It's that's going away for a while. Yeah. But some good will come of it. But I'm afraid New York, as we both loved, is changed for certainly the immediate, the short, and probably the midterm range is is going to be a very not so great place because yeah. your crime is through the roof there. Crime is through the roof. It's, all these things have to cycle. It, it just can't happen. The, the transformation can't happen overnight. But there's cheap rent. Yeah. Finally. Yes. You probably could buy a place cheap too. Another place I, I would want to live in LA for a bit. Same thing. I know. Been, and oh. these cities, they all have there's commonality in all of them. Artists can thrive. I mean, they can thrive with their art, not necessarily their income. And there's a big community. Right. And the same with food. Yeah. 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 LA's got the same problem. Yeah. It's like I said, we're, for being a major city, we're, I mean, Chicago, they're, they're all on the same boat. We are the anomaly. Do you know, as an aside, the number one, so you know where my kids, or my one kid now goes to school up in the shores, the number one state. Of applications outside of Florida. Where? California. Wow. When did you ever think you'd hear that? You'd hear New York. You'd expect that. California. That tells you what's going on with the politics. And all the politics have this. It's the same pattern in all these places where these exoduses are happening. Yeah. And that the politics have to change. I'm not talking about who's president. That's... It's local. It's a localized thing. Of course. And they need to change their way of thinking. But it is what it is. So. Um, so you'll share, you'll share the, the pizza recipe and the Negroni recipe? And I'm not going to share the Negroni recipe <laughs> unless you want to. I'll you share wanna, it with you, yeah. Well, why don't you share the Negroni recipe with everyone? It's, so it's my Cuban twist on a white Negroni. So that's kind of like two twists. That's very meta. <laughs> um, I do one and a half ounces of Havana Club Blanco to keep it clear. So you're thinking like a rum Negroni. I love rum Negronis. And I use one ounce of Martini Bianco, sorry, Martini and Rossi Bianco Vermouth, which is not sweet vermouth. It's not dry vermouth. It's in the middle. It's a little bit sweeter, also white. And then half an ounce of uh, Luxardo White Bitter. So think of like Aperol. It's just a bitter liqueur, but it's white by a company called Luxardo. So one and a half of white rum, one ounce of the vermouth, uh, a Blanc Vermouth, and half of the bitter, the white bitter. All That's right. it. You stir it, serve it over ice, little orange cube. Sorry, orange, a uh, little zest over but big you cube. Need, you need the, the, the Gucci ice that you serve mine in because that was really special. The big I... cube is nice. Yeah, most people get those. <laughs> they, have, they sell on Amazon now everywhere. That's like common now. People keep them in the freezer all the time. Uh, and that's it, a little orange zest or grapefruit, either one. What is the argument behind the large ice cube? Because I can make an argument against. So it slows the dilution of the drink. Uh, it slows it because of the, the more the more surface area, 
the faster, which is true. Like, right. Like the worst for melting is pebble ice. Right. That'll melt in for the shave 10 ice. seconds, right? Or shaved ice, which you want in certain cocktails, like tiki drinks, which are extremely boozy. Usually, they're like four different types of rum in there, um, and they're spirit forward for being a tropical fruity drink. So, you want to like dilute it quickly. Uh, and then, something like stirred, like in a grony or old fashioned, uh, you want to sip it slowly. You don't want it to get as watered down. So, the big, the big sphere or, or cube is the way to go. All right. I, you know, it's funny with the sphere. With the Degroni, it's great, but I'm a vodka drinker. I drink it on the rocks. Yeah. And when you go to a bar and they put that softball of ice, just a massive cube in there, doesn't uh, do the trick. And doesn't it doesn't chill it? Right. All right. Agree. They should be chilling at first. Well, anyway, amazing drink, amazing pizza. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Good, man. Always. Um, I feel like we just hung out and just caught up on life. <laughs> this wasn't even like a podcast. So let yeah. me, you know what, before we, before we sign off, Cuban pizza, I'll give my version. I think it's probably similar to yours. Yeah. Well, I make the por- pork shoulder, um, Cuban traditional pork shoulder. Um, what do you, how do you marinate it? Um, garlic. Garlic, orange. Uh, regular orange or sour orange? Sour orange. Right. Sour oranges, um, maybe even some cinnamon that goes in there. A bunch of uh, like salt, garlic, pepper, garlic, garlic, and more garlic. Yeah. Um, and I and for days, soak it for days before it goes in the oven. Yep. Um, and some it was some apples, some apple cider, sorry, apple cider, apple cider. And I once in a while I would take the um, hypodermic needle. Inject it. Inject it. Um, yeah, like Cubans use uh, white white vinegar usually, or or dry white wine. It's just similar. You want some vinegar, some right. acid. I've, it's dry white wine. Yeah. So anyway, I do that. Um, at the pizza place, I would use Canadian bacon, but instead of that was just my take on it. Right. Hence the Juban. Right. Yeah. Well, and the pickles. I would use kosher pickles. Kosher. And I did use the ghetto French's yellow mustard. That's you have to. Yeah, classic. And, and I would use um, Swiss cheese. That's it. Same. That's so, it. and there you go. That was amazing. Yeah, we were like, where are we gonna go? We're gonna sh- we're gonna like talk, and hang out, and talk the <laughs> shit, have a drink. I'm like, just come over, man. I'm gonna surprise you with something. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, thank you, thank you for taking the time, and uh, thanks for listening to Wisology. And uh, until next time. Why solid Olympic ten. A solid Olympic ten. Absolute zero. Food, finance, and politics, and basically whatever I want to talk about.